Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. everybody and welcome to this week's Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am the host and this episode, hang on. If it doesn't feel like your hair's blowing back or that really you just had about 10 cups of coffee, then something is missing. This episode is crazy. Here's how I mean this. Have you ever met somebody or talked to somebody and everything they say, you're going, yeah, me too. And they keep going. You're like, yeah, me too. And then the more they talk, you're thinking, how in the world have we never met? Because there's things that you have in common with some people, but then there's things that every thought, every belief, every single action they've taken is so aligned with you. It's almost uncanny that you haven't spent your whole life together. Well, that is my episode today with Dr. Andrew Whitman. He is absolutely phenomenal. He heads up Get Warrior Tough. It's a program that is really designed from uh, the stay-home mom that really wants to take a stance and make a change in her life, or even just the the person uh, working at the bank who thinks, you know what, there are things that maybe I would like to strengthen within my own core of who I am, all the way to CEOs of companies, uh, first responders, you name it, are going to Andrew for his wisdom and guidance in what he's doing. So let me give you a little bit about his background. He is a United States Marine Corps infantry combat veteran and a former police officer and federal agent. As a security contractor for the State Department, Andrew taught high-threat diplomatic security to former Navy SEALs, Rangers, and Special Forces. He was a special agent in charge of Nancy Pelosi's security detail and Joe Lieberman's lead advance agent, and he has personally protected Hillary Clinton and Trent Lott, as well as King Abdullah of Jordan, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, and Sir Elton John. He has got an incredible past, is doing crazy things. He currently um, hosts a weekly show on WCCP Radio, the Clemson Athletics flagship station, and as I said, is a doctor, meaning he holds a PhD in theological studies. Let me tell you, he has got an incredible background, has done amazing things, and has taken the culmination of everything that he's learned in life and using that to help people really grow strong into who they are. Not an external identity of what people sometimes get stuck or trapped in, but truly the core essence of who you are and how you're showing up every day. I love the languaging around getting from reacting to truly responding and mastering our true inner self, regardless of what is going on in our external or outer world. So I hope that you tune in, enjoy this show. Like I said, this may be one show you want to turn the volume down a little bit, mainly for my side, because I really am so excited and was so fired up to have this conversation. So sit back, enjoy. And like I said, I hope you enjoy this. If you do to the 10th degree that I did, this will be a good show. Thanks for listening. 
All right, Andrew Whitman, outside of this stellar resume, and I don't say that very often about people, but I am you, especially considering you're a former Marine and, you know, coming from someone in the Air Force, that's a little challenging to say. But with that, what have I left out that uh, the audience should know about you, maybe in your uh, personal life? Well, I, you know, as a mental toughness coach, I can tell you my personal mental toughness coach is my smoking hot wife of 27 years. So we've been married 27 years. So that's that's the first thing. I mean, you know, so she's She's helped me in immense fashion. We got three kids. Um, my oldest is 18. He's about to graduate high school, and he'll be starting the Citadel here in South Carolina in the fall. We're very excited about that. And then Jack, my uh, the middle child, he's he's a rising junior. He'll also be joining his brother at the Citadel, right? Because that's what warriors do. We raise warriors. And then my my, my princess, Michaela, she's uh she's um going into seventh grade. You know, she's 12, going on 21, and just gorgeous and athletic and sweet and all the great things about life that. I mean, you know, it's just, it's really unfair that I get to even look at her every day. Oh. Yeah, she's awesome. Spoken as a true proud papa. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, you hit on what is not on your resume, which is what you're doing now. So you hit on the warrior aspect. So uh, there are so many things that I, I could talk to you for hours about this topic as it relates to, you know, toughness and strength and courage that I know that you embody and that you're helping others to do the same. So with that, what exactly are you doing now for folks and who are they? Who are the people that you're working with and why are they coming to you? And like I said, what the heck are you even doing? Right. Well, and you know, we're called Get Warrior Tough. And a lot of people, they think that's about like a, you know, 10K mutter run or something or, you know, some zombie apocalypse prepper camp. And, and those things are tough, but that's more about physical toughness. What we deal with is mental toughness. Um, which starts with the body, right? But what we're really doing is teaching folks how to take complete control of their thoughts, their feelings, and their attitudes, especially under pressure. So really high performers are the folks that we teach. We teach CEOs. You know, we do a lot of executive coaching. We go in and teach um, management of all levels. We teach law enforcement. You know, we teach athletes, professional athletes. We teach coaches of athletes. And really, I mean, so if you're not, if you're just you you want to have a, a better performance in life then you would be our customer but if you're like totally happy you know with living life between the 40s or just you know being in your comfort zone or whatever then you you need to stay far far away from us because what we're going to do is dial up you know discomfort uh in your comfort zone and get you to be comfortable being uncomfortable and then having a better life okay so on this mental toughness and you said which is absolutely true, is it's, it's one thing to be Monday morning quarterback, right? To call mm -hmm. all the shots when there's no pressure on. Right. But when the game is on and when it does matter, and from your background, certainly you obviously are still walking the talk that you can't get to where you've gotten to and done what you've done without having that ability. So of the people that are coming to you outside of CEOs, I mean, are there, you know, just the normal person in everyday life that just says, I'd like to master. So I'm not, you know, my life a little more. So I'm not living in reaction mode and not living in such chaos. I mean, even the everyday average person, is there a place for them in what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's really the majority of our clients. This is a life changing, a transformational message that we teach. We walk somebody down a psychological path and that's what we call, you know, ground zero leadership CEO view. So what we do is we hire the individual to be the CEO of themselves incorporated. And what we sell is, Hey, look, you now your, your job as a CEO of you is to get your board of directors to act in concert for your betterment. Let me introduce you to your board. You know, them as body, mind, and the emotions. And then we ask our audiences, Hey, um, when you have a boardroom meeting, who usually wins the vote, body, mind, or emotions? Okay. So let's back up 
before I go off the deep end here with this, because there's so much I want to talk with you about. You obviously were in the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your service, first of all. Thank thank you. Even though we kind of, you know, you and I have been joking (laughs) back and forth, but seriously, and every ground pounder knows this, that the greatest sound we could ever hear is like the A-10 warthog coming over the horizon. And and every ground pounder um, just said, amen. I know that's right, Andrew. So thank you to the Air Force, because we always love it when you come save us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, and I'll tell you, as much as we were, and we have been even emailing, kind of joking back and forth, but you know, we're all on the same team at the end of the day, and that's what right. matters. So I appreciate Absolutely. everything that uh, that you and, you and everybody too. out there is doing. So thank you for I that. I love hanging out with you, by the way. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're so awesome. Even though, I, I, But I give you more, you know, you more credibility. I know a lot of Air Force people, but a lot of Air Force people didn't have the guts to go be a firefighter, too. And I got to tell you, and I was a cop, right? So we kind of been tre- treading parallel paths. But I'll tell we you, have. firefighters, um, th- you guys are nuts because like, I would rather deal with a human being, but the fire, I have no, that's fighting nature, man. I have no idea how you guys do that. Seriously. It's just, it's incredible. Well, calculated risk is really, it. Right. I mean, if you're taking huge risks, then to the point of what you're teaching people, then you're doing it haphazardly and out of order and without thought. So right. we're all in the same game here. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So let's back up here. You are, you're in the Marine Corps. Now you're, you're teaching people on mental toughness. There's a big delta here between being on the ground and fighting the fight and getting to where you are now. So was this a straight path for you when you were out there on the ground? Did you think in that moment, you know, I want to teach this. I want to help people to be the best they can be in moments, maybe not exactly like this, but, but certainly where they feel that their life is in a crisis or did life just kind of twist and turn to get you to where you are now? Yeah, I think we have to back up a little. For, I mean, the reason that I joined the Marine Corps, and you and I haven't talked about this, but I was the fat kid in high school when I was bullied, okay? So, and I was never allowed to fight back because my mom and dad were missionaries. So, I was always turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. And I was living in constant fear um, and I could, and I just constant anxiety and waiting for the next bully. So, I, I, I knew I needed what the Marine Corps had for me. So, that's why I even started. I mean, my nickname in high school was Beach Ball, right? I mean, that's just crazy, right? Because I was little, like a 5'3", 185 pounds. So, when I got... I went to the Marine Corps. I lost 50 pounds. And also, you know, I, I exited boot camp at six, five, you know, and was 175. I looked like a POW, but that's why. So that was the beginning of the genesis of this. So it was like, that was been my life's obsession, if you will, is to get control of me and to not live in fear and to dominate not just my body because I was overweight, but dominate my mind and my emotions. Um, and, and you will understand this language. I, my whole life's goal was to become a first responder and not a first reactor. And even people that are first responders, cops and fighters, we end up being first reactors. We react emotionally anytime pressure is dialed up. So what we want to do is take that whole first responder thing and make it go all all the way across every area of our life. And that's, and I kind of fell into that but only because that's my obsession. And then when you are passionate and obsess over something, you end up getting really good at it because there's no stopping for me on this. And then I just began to start helping other people first in my squad, you know, and then, you know, as a cop, other cops on the street, other people, when you come into a domestic violence and you just bring calm to the situation, I thought, you know, this is really a life changing message. Uh, and I'm passionate about it maybe I should like share this with other people. And now I kind of blossomed into this, but no, it wasn't a straight path. I wish I had the clarity that I have now, like 20 years ago. Okay. So break this down, just like you said about being the, the calm in the, in the storm or when all the chaos mm-hmm. is going on. 
So of a mindset, it's one thing that, you know, to talk about this and we could talk about this for hours, but I know that there are people out there right now saying, Hey, look, when you're in the thick of it, right? Maybe you're in the heat of an argument with your spouse, whatever the situation may be. If there's one mindset that you could give somebody to say, like for you personally, when, when you're in the middle of, okay, some, something is going to go down right now. What is the one thought that you put in the forefront of your mind to keep everything in check so that you are responding and not reacting? Well, and just to put it in layman's terms, I, tr- I channel the 911 operator, right? So if you've ever made a 911 call or seen one on TV, do they answer the phone like, oh my gosh, there's an emergency? No, that's not what they do. What do they say? They're like, 911, what's your emergency? Then they ask questions and gather information. Then they take this information, they pass it on to the first responder who actually comes up with a logical plan of response not just a reaction. So what we want to do, the way the brain works, if you understand how the human machine works, is that we take in 11 million bits of information every second, but only 126 bits actually go to the conscious mind for action. So we're discarding 99.9% of all the information that we take in every second. In psychology, we call it confirmation bias. What I want to do is point my 126 in a direction that helps me and not hurts me. So this is how we become a first responder. This is what we teach corporations all over the country is uh, ask this question. So when I hear the voice says, this is impossible, or I'm about to react, I just stop for two minutes, suspend my disbelief and say, okay, this is impossible to do this. But if it were possible, how would I do it? And so here's the mindset of uh, I ask myself, how would I do it? Not I can't do it. Not I have to do this. Not where, you know, this is impossible. This is crazy talk. What I say is, okay, it is crazy. It is impossible. But if it were possible, how would I do it? And what happens is the brain will go and search all your 11 million bits of information per second and find the answer of how we would do it um, instead of just saying we can't do it. Because if you say we can't do it, it'll go find the information that proves you're right. And now we can't do it. So that's the mindset. How would I do it? How would I do it? How would I do it? I just over and over. That's my mantra. How would I do it? I love it. And, you know, I believe the same thing that the answer lies within the questions. Right. So depending oh, yeah. on it, it, every answer you get is going to be directly related to the quality of question you ask. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. So if you ask a bad question, what are you going to get? Oh, why what am I so of? fat? Well, let me tell you, you slob, right, that's a, you eat oh, too dude, much, you're oh, slow. A, right. So oh, that's an awful question. Right. So well, that's, that, a, that's exactly it. But then right, that, that's yeah. the answer. And it's going to be, oh, well, turns out then I guess I am slow. I guess I do like to sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day because that's the question you right. asked. Right. And now that's the medical it, medically, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what we know from cognitive neuroscience that it'll literally if you think today's an awesome day because here's the thing michelle everybody is a genius your brain knows you're a genius and it will never go against your genius self so if you say i'm fat your brain will go to work and find all the information that prove you're right you're fat and then discard anything else that's right that's right for those listening you do realize uh, in case you missed it in the opening that uh that he does have his uh phd don't you andrew (laughs) i do (laughs) which comes through so let's just take a split second here and talk about that pursuit because that's a that's a whole different not necessarily that it's not in parallel with this but you went on to pursue your PhD. I want to understand that because you obviously have woven that into the work that you're doing now. Why right. you went down that path and why you chose uh, theological studies of all things and, and how that is tied into what you're doing right now. Right. And so, okay. So my mom and dad were missionaries. I told you that, right? So I was supposed to like be a minister and, and I knew I had like, when I was 16, I was already in the pulpit, you know, preaching at my dad's church. Now I'm a missionary. So if he was away on Wednesday nights or Sundays or whatever, then I would fill in. And I knew I, I had this um, gift, if you will, to teach. Um, even at 16, I was, it was just, it, it, you know, I was jazzed about it, but I knew what I needed from the Marine Corps. I had to have this mental toughness piece because I wasn't getting it, you know, um, 
at home. So I have this kind of parallel track. I mean, my nickname is kind of like machine gun preacher or whatever, because, you know, I did finish, it was about finishing. And so I finished my um, thing. A lot of it was, you know, it was what my mom and dad wanted for me. There were six kids and I was the one that was going to go in the ministry. So, and I did, I even, uh, you know, I even pastored a church for five years before I went back to contracting over into Afghanistan. So it was, it was about finishing, but the reason we talk about psychology so much is theology is really wrapped into it. I mean, the word psychology is really the study of the soul, and theology is really the same thing. And so, especially in my master's, it's all about counseling and how to deal with people when you're counseling folks. So I just took everything that was great from the warrior culture and everything that was great from the theological side, and I kind of was like a chef, and I mixed them together, the stuff that worked for me, and then I just serve it up to other people. That's all. Okay. So tell me how your parents felt about you uh, joining the military. Did they, oh, did, I no. mean, they didn't want you to fight in, in on the playground. No, I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. I mean, they got on board later because I, you know, I did what I could to patch the relationship up and we have a great relationship now. They actually was proud. They were proud of my service, but you know, yeah, it was not good. Really not good. I mean, it was the worst thing that you could imagine would be what they said to me, which I wouldn't even say it on there, but it was like, you know, it was a questioning of my faith. I, I wasn't really, a, you know, a Christian and blah, blah, blah. How could you? And, right. you know, all that kind of stuff because they were just, you know, more than conscientious objectors, but they're, they're cool with it now because they saw how, you know, it actually, the finished product is, is really awesome that the Marine Corps did a great job and it didn't shake my faith. Any, if anything, it made it stronger. Right. Okay. Uh, so sidebar here before I forget it, because again, yeah. your and my life is such parallels. My nickname was Machine Gun Shelly. So uh, it's, it's almost it's almost silly here that we I haven't connected that sooner. The, we're, we're, yeah, I hate that we're on opposite coasts, man. I know we could hang out. I know, but but here. somehow I feel like we just cover the entire United States with our energy between us. So you know, maybe yeah. it's all good that way. Okay. So regardless of how people feel about fighting or the war, any of that, here's what I do want people to hear from you. I don't care if you're the stay home mom and you want to branch out and start your own company doing whatever it is, right. anything in life. And what you are surrounded with is naysayers or mm -hmm. people that are going to say, you can't do this because, or how could you, or you're walking away from the faith or the religion or the family or fill in the blank, right? It's, it's the tall yep. poppy syndrome. We want to make sure that everybody stays at the same level. And when somebody gets yep. too tall, whoosh, we're going to make sure that you're right back down to the same size again. If anybody is listening to this right now and they're saying, holy cow, there are things I'd like to do, but either I'm fearful or I know what I'm going to hear about it from friends, family, relatives, neighbors, fill in the blank. What advice would you give that person? Because you've gone through it and you came out the other side, not just okay, but even better. What, what do you say to that person? Well, I say, okay, so just be prepared for your inner circle. Tell them I love you and you do love them, but I got a thing. And then you don't hang out with them as much. I mean, that's what you do. I, I love you, but you, you know, the great uh, basketball coach, John Wooden said this, you'll never rise above the level of your inner association. So I was your inner circle. Who are you surrounded by? You know, if you want to have a better life, and there's, there's studies out of like the New England uh, Journal of Medicine that came out that said, if you, uh, if, I'll just use weight loss because it's just easy for us to all imagine. If you are, have obese friends, you have a 78% chance of being obese yourself. If you consider them a close friend, the number goes to like 151%. And those stats might be off just a, sec a little bit, but they're not off much because I, I use this all the time in my speeches, right? So if you have a close friend that's obese, your, your chances are well over 100% that you will eventually be obese because you're surrounded by that mindset and consciousness is contagious. So if you're surrounded by people that say you can't and they're, they're limiting beliefs, you've got to get around people that say you can. And that's what I did in the Marine Corps. I surrounded myself with people that said you can. And there's no excuses 
Right. And that what you said with the tall poppy, I call it the, you know, the blue crabs, because, you know, on the East Coast, we put the whole crabs, you put them in like a bucket. You don't have to put a lid on them because the crabs will each pull each other down. No one will ever get out because every time that somebody starts to try and get out of the bucket, they'll pull you back down. It's the same thing. You can't be surrounded by those people. You still love them. You just love them from a distance. So tell me how you deal with this with family, because I get this with friends and I uh, completely agree. I think people have probably heard a half dozen of my podcasts where I've said constantly, you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. So choose wisely. So it's your parents you were talking about here. So when Mm -hmm. it's your family, is that messaging the same of, hey, just because I'm doing something completely contrary to maybe how you raised me or to what you think my belief should be, I love you and I still need to follow my passion. Absolutely. I mean, I, and that's what I, I worked hard at keeping the relationship open, but from a, di- okay. So like it would be a couple, I'll say it like this, even now, now just, you know, reveal behind the curtain, right? Even now after years and years, the relationship is great. I don't stay on the ground with them for more than 48 hours ever. So I will come in and it'll be brief. I love you. This is great. It's all happy. And I'm pointing everybody's 126 bits into happy stuff and I'm keeping it all good. And then it's time to go before we start getting down that path. And I don't ever let it go down the path of we disagree on this or that. Because listen, when you have a, when you have a conflict over values, right, you can't fix that conflict. That will never get fixed only on a war. I mean, that's why wars happen because we have a conflict of values. So I don't ever want to have that conflict. I never let it reach that, that area of conflict. So we always keep it where we can agree. And then when we can agree on something, I just agree to disagree, but I cannot feed on what you're, you're I, it's very, I, listen, I push my airspace out and you'll understand this as an Air Force, right? I push my airspace out. So you're going to be on the outer perimeters, not the inner circle. I love you, but you can't be on what I call the inner phalanx. You can't be shoulder to shoulder with me, even though you're family. And listen, this is a hard message, but it's the only way that you're going to, they will come back eventually, um, but you're just going to have to, you know, push out your airspace and get that buffer and surround yourself with people that will tell you you can do it and that you are a genius and support you. Perfect. So everybody that's ever listened to this show, again, they're going to think that you and I have uh, somehow been separated at birth because there's nothing you're saying that I don't completely (laughs) wholeheartedly agree with and preach to myself. So let's now. Where let's, have you been all my life? I, Michelle? I know. Well, I, w- I was in the Air Force. You were on the ground. So I was waving right. at some point. Uh, yeah. But glad we're reconnected. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this the that stress of uh, combat. And, and I believe that our combat is far more that we have to wage is more internal than even external. Whatever you think you got to conquer outside is nothing compared to what you need to conquer inside. Hence the name of my company that you pointed out, Inner North Star, is I Your love, Answers. Thank you. Yeah, I love, love, love the name of your company. On my, home, on my kids, I told them about it. They were just like, that is so awesome. I'm like, yeah, it's, I can't use it because it's already taken. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I it's appreciate that. It's so much that. nicer than Get Warrior Tough. Okay. Anyway, well, yes. it, we're, we're going to talk about that because uh, it's, I, believe, I believe in that as well. And here's, here's what I mean by the intersection of Inner North Star and battling your inner demons and then being that outer warrior because I don't think you can uh, truly be an outer warrior without that inner peace. Yep. And that you don't, you don't have inner conflict in any area because whatever your inner conflict is, is going to show up in your outer world. There's no mm, other way. Mm, mm, mm. You're so, st- man, I'm, you know, this I, is, we I, gotta I, yeah, I know this it. I trust me. I read your whole bio and your website. I thought the same thing. So your path in your teaching 
What is that that you help people with in fighting that inner turmoil so that no matter what the external turmoil, there's always still inner peace and inner calm? Because like I said, without it, there's no resiliency and, uh, and it's going to be very short lived. You can fake it for a little while, but it's not yeah. going to work. Right? right. And that's what we tell. Yeah. I say we all have three lives. We have a secret life, a private life and a public life. And that's your character is your secret life is your thought life. Private is what you do behind closed doors and public is your reputation. Most people try to manage their public life reputation, but what you do in secret, that's your thoughts, that conflict you're talking about on the inner will come out. Right. And then, you know, you could ask like Bill Cosby, Tiger with any of them, it will come out eventually that conflict that's going in. So what we do, the, here's the, here's the ground zero leadership. This is where we want to go to the heart of it. I ask people all over the country, who are you? When I ask people who they are, they invariably tell me what they do for a living. <laughs> I'm a yep. cop, yep. right? I'm a SEAL. I'm a CEO. I'm a vice president. No, no. I'm a mom even. I get that. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a husband. No, those are all roles you play. Those are external labels. That's an external identity. That's right. Right. And if you don't have an internal identity based on internals, those externals will fall away. And now what? And I, I you know, we use, I, I use the stat with cops, right? 80% of all cops die within three years of retirement. Now, if you're a cop and you're in law enforcement, you know that stat, you're well aware of it. And, uh, you know, I used to think, well, what is it? Why is it? Is it all the free Waffle House food we've been eating? Well, that didn't help, right? But no, it's because most cops, the identity is the badge and the gun. And when the identity, the badge and the gun are gone, we don't have a purpose anymore. And now uh, that, that's where retirement is really dangerous um, or any kind of transition in life. So that's the, the main thing is to figure out who you are on the inside. And then I, we train people to put it in one statement so that you could say it in one sentence. And uh, I'll just give you mine. I'm a man of excellence who always keeps his word. I'm a man of excellence who always keeps his word, no matter what, whether I'm acting as a father, a husband, a friend, a coach, a CEO, right? I am a man of excellence who always keeps his word. That's who I am. And now every choice is easy because I've made the decision of who I am. I don't even have to run. I don't have to say, well, what should I do in this situation? If it doesn't go with who I am, then we don't do that. Okay. So let's talk through this. So when, when we're talking about identity and uh, again, it, it's going to be ridiculous. People are going to think I handed you a script before this show is as soon as you tell me who you are, it's exactly, well, when that goes away, who are you? Okay. And when right. that goes away and, and the only point that you ever get to, in my opinion as well, that is your true self is when that thing can't go away. When it's not a job, it's not a title, it's not anything. So when you know in your character and your soul who you are and what you stand mm -hmm. for, th that is that is within that's your truth. Okay, so if somebody finally gets to the point of if I'm you know when the cop thing or the firefighter thing or the military, and I think the stronger that identity, the harder that fall. You, we yeah. see it in professional athletes all oh, the time. I was time. just going to say Brett Favre is one of my favorite guys because he like he came back like and retired like four times because he just couldn't get over the fact that he's not the gunslinger star quarterback. Sure. Anymore. Well, and I think Cher is on her fifteenth comeback tour. You know. Yeah. So, I, yeah. No, I right. It's you know Madonna. They just try to keep inventing themselves. All the, I mean, it, it. You know, you and I will never run out of work to do. I'll just say it that, that way. That's right. No, that's what I, I look at all these two and say thank you job security so uh so all of that the stronger that out external identity the the more difficult that is to if and it is going to go away uh the bigger the bigger that struggle is right so so in someone trying to find themselves and here's the point of inner north star is that answer in my opinion is not external every answer that you are looking for already resides within you 
Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. I, I, and people, they always look, and I don't know, maybe you found this when you know, you're you know, consulting or coaching or whatever. They want you to tell them the answer. And I, I listen, I, I don't know the answer for you. But That's what right. I do know, I know the process to walk you down the path so that you could find the answer and then trust it. Because people already know the answer when they come to me. They just don't trust. They're not confident that they know the answer. So all I do as a coach is just help them get, walk them down the path and then help them have confidence in that they do know the answer. Okay. So give me one last uh, tip here on this topic on self-doubt. So when you see people that are insecure and they're looking at you to tell them what their identity or who they are, which is about the craziest thing I could imagine. But when somebody is really riddled with self-doubt for a myriad of reasons, maybe they've made a series of bad decisions and they no longer believe they can make a right one. What is, what are a couple of things or one thing you say to somebody that is in that space to help them get on the journey of starting to trust themselves again? Yeah. Well, the first I go straight to self-esteem and uh, let me just give you some quick numbers. Uh, you know, 85% of two-year-olds have a healthy self-esteem, self-worth, right? Uh, only 5% of teenagers have a healthy, so 95 out of every hundred, every hundred teenagers need our help, right? Because they don't have a self-worth or self-esteem that's worth anything. And, and I ask this, why do they have that? It's because you can't give anybody anything you don't have. And so their parents don't have it. And the numbers for adults, Michelle, from 24 to the grave, it tops out about 30% of people have a healthy self-esteem, self-worth, self-value. That means seven out of every 10 adults need you and me to help them, right? Or, or one, of the, one of the 30%. So it goes directly to that. Now, here's, here's a, now, couple that with that the number one fear of all human beings is rejection, it's not death. It's not, but people say public speaking because public speaking is like rejection times 10,000 if you're in a 10,000 member audience, right? So it's rejection. The number one need is acceptance. If you can't give anybody anything that you don't have, right? So because what happens is we got people that are looking for acceptance from external sources. And that's what the identity is. I'm looking for acceptance and I'm trying to avoid rejection. Did you know that in cognitive neuroscience that they found out that when you experience rejection, the brain registers that as physical pain? I, in fact, I do. Yes, I knew you did, but yeah. I was just setting you up. Yeah, yeah. So people, so people are afraid of rejection the way they would fear pain, like not touching a hot stove. So what? And we'll do anything to avoid it. To avoid it, right. So what we have to do is go home, look in the mirror and just go, you know what? I love you. I mean, I get right. All of us, when we look in the mirror, what happens is we see all the flaws. Okay. I mean, like right now I'm looking for like eye cream with retinol. Okay. Cause, <laughs> right. Right. I was at Walmart the other day and I had some and the lady in front of me. She's like, who's that for? I said, me. She started laughing. She goes, you don't need it. I said, see, it works. That is so funny. Oh, nice. Like, listen, welcome to the human race. That's we all it. have stuff we don't like. Get over that's it. Accept right. yourself. Love you. Stop looking for love in that's all the wrong it. places. Right. Yep. So that's the first thing before we can even hit identity is you have to accept yourself. Once you do, I don't fear rejection from anybody. And that's CEO. That's what, you know, the book is called Ground Zero Leadership CEO of you. What the deal is, is that I don't give that power to anybody. Nobody on planet Earth has the power to make me feel anything unless I allow you to do it. So I don't give you the power to reject me. I've accepted now, but the flip side is now I can go fulfill your number one need because I can give what I have. And because I've accepted myself, now I can accept you without any judgment and you're in a safe place with me. I love you no matter what. And that's where I brought the relationship back around with my parents because I love them no matter what. Even if they judge me, I don't judge them. I love them. I know they're doing the best they can and they are safe with me. So... 
Everything you're saying when you're talking about, you know, uh, there's the world is going to give you all look at social media, all kinds of negativity and negative feedback if you choose to listen to it and take it in. Yep. But to circle back of where we first started when you said, hey, you know, you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. So be very mindful of who those people are, because ultimately you will become them and them you. It's it, there's just no other way around it. So for you personally, in your journey, who has been what you would consider the biggest game changer for you that has truly helped you become who you are today? Yeah, that's my wife, Kim. I mean, so when we got married, I was like a 21-year-old corporal in the Marine Corps. She was 19, you know, and I'm in the infantry and you know how, you know, jarheads are, right? So I'm screaming and yelling and we're in the infantry, right? So I'm like, you know, ah, 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 and I come home and I started talking to like that. And she's like, hey, I'm not one of your Marines. You ain't talking to me like that. I'm like, what? She said, I got a skillet and you got to go to sleep sometime, mister. Right? That's she was great. serious. Yeah, I know. She's like five, three, a buck, five soaking wet, right? And I wouldn't, right? So, what happened? She actually helped me when I was like drive to the center. She actually got me to uh, make these course corrections, not because she made me do it, but because I wanted to do it um, to be with her and to be in that space with her because she's just so awesome, you know? And now after 27 years, I tell her I'm the nice one. She said, I know you turned me into this. <laughs> so, <laughs> See, you become the people you surround yourself with. Uh, it's absolutely true. And, now, and now we, we balance each other out and we've drawn each other towards the center. Um, I'll say, so we can reach anybody and everybody. And, but she's been the, the game changer for me. No question. Um, been with me through no matter what she's, she's been committed and it's been, you know, we've had some, you know, uh, disagreements, um, and we work through them, but she's really helped me the most because she stick with me, you know, yeah. on it. And then not allow, not put up with bad behavior, but not judge me and love me. Awesome. So someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking, okay, I want to learn more. I want to be part of this. I, I want to get more of everything that, that Andrew is laying down right now. What is the best way that someone can reach you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Yeah. GetWarriorTough.com. That's our website, GetWarriorTough.com. And, you know, um, just you know, there's contact forms, there's phone numbers and don't be afraid. Literally, if you don't, don't be afraid to call me or call Michelle. That's the whole thing. Don't be afraid to call us. We, we can't, you know, we can't find everybody, but if you find us, I guarantee you, you're safe with us. And I, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying that Michelle, cause you and I are, I mean, we're so, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like, we're the wonder twins. Only that was Donnie and Marie. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I had a very uh, bad visual right now that you're sitting there in a powder blue polyester suit right now as Donny Osmond. So I'm going to let yeah, that go. Right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With the big, big collar. Like yeah, the big yeah, collar. exactly. So all that will be in show notes. So you can directly uh, link to his website and encourage <laughs> you to do so without that uh, photo image because I can assure you that's really not what Andrew looks like. Um, all right. So someone's listening to this. Final two questions I ask everybody on this show. Yeah. If somebody is saying, you know what, I, I do need a little more toughness and I do need a little more backbone, a little more strength and courage in my life to stand up for what I believe in and for who I am, single best advice for that person is what? Suspend your disbelief for that two minutes, the two minute rule and ask yourself, okay, how would I do it? I know this seems insurmountable. This seems impossible. Okay, I get that. But if it were possible, how would I do it? And you're going to set your genius brain uh, in the direction to fixing whatever you're facing. Excellent. Final question. Out of your entire journey in life, and it's been quite an extraordinary one, what is the one thing you absolutely believe to be true? I just Forrest Gump stuff. Just Forrest Gump it, right? Because Forrest Gump, all you have to do is find a process that gets you the results that you know you want, and then just do it. You don't have, don't push back. Don't question the process. Just be Forrest Gump. 
All right, Andrew Whitman, there you have it, everybody. I honestly appreciate your time and your energy that you have shared today. You have uh, fired my day up. It is very early here on the <laughs> West Coast. And uh, if I didn't think I needed any more uh, excitement into my day, but you have infused it with it already. So thank you, honestly, for your time and your wisdom. And uh, I know that we are going to be talking again. We got to, girl. I'm telling you what, this has been so much fun for me. You're awesome. Um, I, I just love everything you're doing. Uh, of course, because I, I, I love me. So how could I not love you? We're well, right, exactly. <laughs> right. We are one and the same. And a little bit of plug for the Air Force because, you know, there's that. So anyway, my dear, you too, thank Michelle. you thank so you. much and uh, go have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time.